Well, ladies and gentlemen, the Channerant theme, as performed by Rab Lennox. <laughs> How amazing was that? As performed by Big Rab. Hello, everyone. Um, my name is Josh. Welcome to the Channerant Podcast. With me, as always, is my bearded co-host, Mr. Andy Fuko. That's me. And if you didn't know, it's an explicit show, so you have five seconds to listen to something else. That's five, four, three, two, one. Fake. Fuck. Fake. As Rab would say. Yep. Uh, <laughs> listeners can review the show on iTunes, Podbean, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Podcasts, etc. Please do. Do a little review. Screenshot it. Send it to us. We'll send you a sticker. Yeah. And, and also uh, send an email to Rab thanking him for that amazing intro. Yeah, man. Go check out the big Rab show, <laughs> uh, which obviously needs more metal drumming on it. It definitely does. He needs a metal. He should redo his intro to something metal. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, (laughs) You can send us emails and voicemails we played on air. Like us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, or if you're Australian, Snapchat. Join the Channerant Discord. Check out the Channerant store, channerant.com. And this episode is brought to you by our patrons at patreon.com slash channerant. Now now offering an annual membership for 10% off to support the show and keep the lights on here at the Channerant podcast. Last but not least, invite, share with your friends. Especially need to keep this light on. This keep that is, light on. This thing yeah. is really keep running up the old electric bill, isn't <laughs> yeah, it? <laughs> like, I think it's LED, so hopefully it's not too yeah, bad. Yeah. Uh, I've, I haven't noticed any huge spikes That's good. over normal on my on my electric bill. Uh, odd open. Ah, son of a bitch. Hey, Josh. Uh, yeah, what's up, Fusco? You know what really um, uh, sticks, the, uh, sticks the old drumstick right, up my, right in my old pooper? <laughs> uh, no, what is that? <laughs> uh, when you've been putting all your effort into uh, playing pipes in this competitive environment and you're just trying to master the technical skill and the musicality, quote-unquote, of this monster of an instrument, and then some, some asshole comes out with an uh, article and says, it's all nonsense, let's just go back to fucking not doing any of that. Let's go back to the oral tradition of bagpipes. <laughs> So now I don't know where I stand. I'm all confused. I don't know what to do with my life. We're going to talk about that today on this uh, nice little nice little Josh and Andy grab bag episode of the Channerant Podcast. Yeah, we figured that people needed a rest from guests after Doogie last week. Yeah, yeah. That, that, <laughs> there's still people probably breaking that up into chunks. Speaking of breaking <laughs> it up into chunks, did you listen to the Rab Show podcast recently? The most recent one. The one with Andrew Douglas? Uh, yeah. Yes. Yeah, I didn't listen to the whole thing because I, I always turn it off before Doogie starts talking. Um, <laughs> but I they had a bit from Piping Jim, who is our uh, pipe band try of the week, I believe. Yes. And so they, we, they had a bit from Piping Jim um, where he did this whole infomercial about like, is your podcast too long? Like, fucking hit pause. <laughs> <laughs> did he? I didn't hear that part. I, I skipped to the Andrew Douglas interview. Oh, actually. yeah. No, no. It's worth, it's worth skipping the like... Like skip like all the ads, so like first five, first six five, minutes yeah. or whatever, and then it's worthless. It's a really funny bit, okay, that, uh, very, and very well done, uh, piping Jim. If you're out there listening, <laughs> I thought that was fantastic. Yeah, I, so that's basically funny. just addressing everyone that bitches about Rad's show being too long. That's fantastic because I, I picked him for our try of the week, and I didn't even know that had happened. That was yeah, yeah I, was, I was listening to it the other day. Also, <laughs> it's funny because we've never really had that happen. We've put out some fucking long episodes. Oh my god, have we? And I don't know that anyone's ever like bitched at us for like, oh, your fucking, eh. your fucking show's too long. Mm, not really, but once in a while. Like the local people, like our friends that aren't into bagpipes, they're like, uh, what the yeah. fuck are you guys talking about for yeah. so long? Stuff like that. <laughs> well, yeah, because we're having, um, I mean, it'll be June by the time this episode comes out, but we're having MLK <laughs> on probably next week. And she was so funny. She's like, well, you know, like 
do you have another guest on? Like, what? Like, I don't know what I'm going to do except sit with my thumb up my ass while you guys are talking about reads for an hour and a half. And I'm like, no, like, it's just you. We're catching up. We're shooting the shit. We haven't had MLK on as a focus in a while. We just kind of had her in the background laughing. Well, we're st- we're definitely still going to do our reads and ignore her for a while. But. Yeah, of course. <laughs> uh, speaking of ignoring MLK, uh, Fusco, I wanted to thank you on air for very successful production of the LVCS Digital Burns Night thing that we did last Saturday after the show. Ah, oh, you're welcome. That uh, I seem that I, th- I think that went pretty well. I think uh, it went well. Yeah, the the re- the response was generally good. So, and I think that's still on the page too. If anybody missed it, I mean, it's nothing too crazy. No, yeah, it's a little bit of music, a little bit of poetry, a little bit of us watching me and Kelly drink whiskey and <laughs> eat haggis and, and eat haggis. Yeah, it was a tight program. <laughs> and talk to each other. Knocked it out in a tight sixty. Yeah, I, I was amazed that we kept to the sixty because we were awful at that here. So I'm used to like completely going yeah. over, and. Like it was, I'm like, hey, we're really on schedule. Like, we got one thing left. We got ten minutes to go. Like, this is amazing. Yeah, no, we we had a we had a show run. We had a script, and we stuck to it. Yeah, I mean, I only, well, I got out of order one time, and it was so funny. <laughs> so, so I get out of order, and I'm doing like my natural host thing at that point, which is like, oh, we're gonna do the thing I'm talking about, and then I'll put I'll feed that thing that I skipped over. I'll feed it back in instead of us like hitting the brakes all of a sudden, everyone losing their shit. Mm-hmm. And uh, that did not work for producer Andy Fusco. He's like, no, no, no. But, we, but he's like in the background, like waving me like airline signals. It's like, we missed a thing. And I'm sitting there. I'm like, just, just roll with it. Like, <laughs> yeah, but you did it twice. And, I, and it would have been nice to know that you might do that. Because uh, we had a tight script. I'm like, oh, we're following the fucking line. Yeah. And we put it in order on purpose. Like, oh, fuck. Yeah, <laughs> that was one of those. It was one of those things where like I saw it. And by the time I saw it, I, I was like in for a penny, in for a pound. I was like, okay, we'll just like I'll work it back in naturally. You right. know? Yeah, that's fine. It worked out. I was just like, oh, no. <laughs> well, yeah. And, and it doesn't help that like, you know, we had people like running around doing shit. Like I was trying to get stuff set up. We had done the show already that day. So I'm just like have five people simultaneously trying to like bug me with little shit. I'm like, guys, just everyone chill. (laughs) (laughs) Everyone chill. I I cannot be everywhere at once. Like just, uh, we'll get to it. I promise. Right. (laughs) That's fair. It would just be nice to have a warning. Hey, I might go off script. Perfect. Okay. Well, I'll roll with that. <laughs> I would just, I would just always assume that I should have known that. They always assume there's a chance that I'm going off script and it's very rarely that I'm doing it intentionally. It's probably cause I fucked up, but it's a live performance. So I don't want to be like, Oh, I'm sorry, everyone. I fucked up and skipped two on our show notes. Let's go back. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Just got to make it natural. Yeah. Speaking of, speaking of, uh, making it natural. Look at this. We have a broadcast today. You're switching between sources. I mean, you're, you we'll mad, see. It's, mad skills, dude. It's developing. You learn a little bit every day, and you, you try to apply it to make it more interesting. We'll see if it works. The whole thing could come crashing down when I try to go to the next video. <laughs> so we'll see. <laughs> at any time. At any time. That, that should just be kind of like on our business card for the Channel Room Podcast. <laughs> exactly. May, if, may self-destruct at any moment. Or for Hot Whiskey Productions. If you hire us to do your stream... It's nothing's guaranteed. <laughs> I, would, I, would, I would argue that if we're hired, we pretty much always nail it. Yeah. I mean, we put a lot of extra effort into it. If somebody's actually uh, spending money on we're us. Usually, we're usually putting a lot more effort and a lot less booze into ourselves. <laughs> That's so. true. You'd, you'd be amazed how, how often our uh, mistake rate goes down uh, when we're not <laughs> shit hammered. <laughs> that does help a lot, actually. <laughs> and I learned some production skills last year at the, well, last couple of years at the Winter Storm working with the dojo. 
continually learning like uh, Mevo cameras and streaming and flipping and moving between cameras. Just things, oh, yeah, you know, man. you just kind of pick up over time. So uh, we're, we're getting there. We're getting there. Yeah, that's, pro- that's probably our only like feasible competition in the streaming space would maybe be Piper's Dojo. Yeah, but they don't want to do it, fortunately. Yeah, thank goodness. Like Andrew desperately wants to get out of doing any of that. <laughs> <laughs> we'll we'll happily we'll happily step in and sit behind a camera for twelve hours, like, right? Slowly, like discreetly <laughs> sipping from our flask, uh, railing railing lines off tenor drummers in the bathroom. Exactly. <laughs> I got a uh, you know I got a message this week about the episode two weeks ago that said uh, do tenors do butt stuff, and <laughs> they just say yes. This person was a t- no, it was somebody asking a question about it. Like, where did this title come from? <laughs> like, is this, what's the story here? I'm like, listen to the episode. <laughs> well, sometimes it's one of those, sometimes, a lot of the times it's like a title that is just coming off of like a one liner in the episode it's where it's like, oh, that's pretty funny. We should make that the episode title. Yeah. And you know, it's clickbait, dude. Like, that's exactly what it is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Hey, come on now. Come hey, on. You, you, we, we've been doing this for 151 fucking episodes, man. If you're not caught on to us at this point. You want to hear some other amazing news? Absolutely, always. I'm sorry it's not in the notes. I totally forgot about it. But guess who um, accepted my friend request on Facebook this past week or so? Oh, I think I know. Is it Voldemort? It's Voldemort. We got Voldy? Uh, we're starting. We're, we, we started the process. We you, had started, a co- you start opened a dialogue. We had a Facebook Messenger conversation briefly. Okay. And uh, how is Voldy doing? I didn't ask. Should I stop calling him Voldy now? If we're trying to be friends. <laughs> we're trying to be friendly. We're trying to be friends. Uh, he did. He did very clearly remember what happened. <laughs> <laughs> that's probably the only interesting thing that's happened to him in ten years. So yeah. So, so what happened was we. I tried to friend him on the day that we were getting shocked, thinking he might enjoy he it. Might Just, wanna, yeah, a, he might want to shock us. Here's the olive branch. Maybe we'll make a lot of money off him. And he didn't accept it until a week later. But I told I told him this is why I invited you. I thought you might find this funny and interesting because punishment for us blah 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 whatever he's like well i'm not really into bdsm stuff but uh you know this you know here, this is what happened are you sure you guys like what what the fuck you know more or less he didn't swear but I'm like uh yeah you know bygones be bygones we don't care i mean we just get yeah. over shit you get over shit hopefully you're over it we're over it yeah I'm like and that's kind of the conversation but like i left we, it at that it's like yeah it's like we do a comedy show man like we piss people off <laughs> it's the early stages but the ultimate goal, there have few, them on the show. Yeah, there are a few occasions. <laughs> well, and there's like few occasions where we tell someone to go fuck themselves and it's like we never want to be associated with them ever in the history of time. Right. But it's pretty rare. Usually when we're telling someone to go fuck themselves, it's like, like you know, you fucked up. We'd still hang out with you. Correct. <laughs> well, I don't know if I hang out with him, but but I'm willing to give it a that, shot. I want that photo op, man. I'm willing to bet that he won't do it, but I'm willing to take the chance of... Uh, being a little humble. So wait, is this where we announce that the raffle winner for February is is Bill Cottle? <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna fire him over some CR merch. Absolutely, I, we're, like, I'll do that anyway. Dude, he doesn't yeah, need to be. Just, <laughs> yeah, he doesn't have to be a patron. We'll just fire it over. And be like, dude, I just need a picture of you in this shirt. That's a great idea. I will do that. <laughs> I'll get his address. Say, hey man, I want to send you some stuff. Yeah. And then dude, I'll send him the shirt and yeah, a dildo. Say, the chances <laughs> the chances that he's gonna give you his fucking address. It's pretty rare, but I don't know. I'm sure I can look him up. But that would be funny. Wouldn't but it? yeah, that is, that is an interesting. I'm interested in uh, hearing more about this and how it develops over time. 
Me too. I'm sure it'll go horribly wrong. As At most some things. point, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. All we gotta do is like is just you know not be assholes for like a little bit, which we've actually done pretty well for the past like mm. forty five episodes. Or so. <laughs> yeah, but I, I I do genuinely want to try to extend the olive branch. I'm not like trying to fuck with them or anything. No, no, I got uh, no beef. And I'm, it would be nice to sort of like get it. You know, let's hear his side of the story. You yeah, know, or whatever. I don't know, or or not. Whatever he wants to talk about. I don't care. I'm about to say, yeah, we can just talk about fucking bagpipe shit. Yeah. Um. Okay. So since Bill Cottle's not the raffle winner, apparently, um, do you want to announce who our February raffle winner is? Right. Yeah, but if you do a drum roll with me. Okay. So the as some of you may know, we raffle off a free piece of merch to one of the patrons every month, and this month's winner is. <laughs> Courtney Harler. Hey! Our local friend. Which yeah. Hopefully she hasn't won before. I can't remember, but... I don't believe so. I don't think I don't, so either. I don't think I've ever seen her in our merch. <laughs> I haven't either. But uh, I will definitely send her a shirt. Uh, I'll send it to myself first. I'll cut it up so her cleavage hangs out. And okay. then I will That's smart. give it to yeah. her. Uh, but yeah, Courtney, congratulations. Uh, let me know what you want, and I will get you a shirt. Yeah, check out the Chanarant store at Chanarant.com, and send us your size and preference. She likes it big, I hear. I mean, nothing, <laughs> nothing would surprise me at this point. Um, speaking of people who like it big, the Piper's Dojo. Ad read. <laughs> it's, Sir, it's Sir Ad read here. I don't know. Uh, we don't know which where we're going on. Well, this one it's yet. so funny. So I've been actually I've been talking to Andrew a lot lately about a, a project he's working on, um, and I don't I don't think it's like public knowledge. He doesn't yet. want us yeah, to say. So anything I'm not going to say anything about it. But um, I forgot how much I like just you know shooting the shit with Doogie, man. He, I mean, he's nuts, but. <laughs> he's a good kind of nuts. Yeah, he's 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 the kind of nuts that I jive with. When he's in a good mood. <laughs> um, so dojo promo for us is still going on. Uh, fuck you, Rab. I heard yours is ending, and ours is still going. So we win. Um, As we always do. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so you could get your one dollar off your thirty uh, day premium test drive at chanterant.com slash suck less. I think you can do dot com slash dojo too. I think I made that. I think I made like a less offensive one. And Did just, you? And just never put it in the show notes. Oh. What about the Make American Piping Great? Oh, again? yeah. Yeah, you can go to makebagpipesgreatagain.com and That's get, one, get $1 off your premium test drive. <laughs> that was also a, a wonderful one. <laughs> that was like some joke. Yeah. Like, I got do, we, my... do we actually spend $11 on buying that Earl oh, URL? Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Well, well, I did. I've, I've yet to reimburse myself, but yes. That's fair. <laughs> make bagpipes great. Oh, I'm great. holding on to that well, one, What was man. it again? Uh, Makebagpipesgreatagain.com. Okay. Yeah. We could, I'm sure we could sell that. I think so, too. Eventually. Yeah, I think we can definitely sell it. I think Joe will buy it for 50 bucks. <laughs> <laughs> when in doubt, sell it to Joe. Sell it to Joe. He'll do something with it. Um, speaking of Joe... Well, is it is it it's probably early. We should we we should do a little bit more before we do our phone read. Break it up a little bit. Yeah, so let's let's talk about um Discord and Patreon real quick. Starting with Patreon. Uh we mentioned it at the beginning of every show, but Patreon is exploding and I love it. Um our Patreon crowd is amazing. They're the people who get access to these live streams more than anybody else mm-hmm. and uh occasional not safe for work stuff that we'll post on Patreon <laughs> because we can't do it on our YouTube channel. Um, I still have, I just still don't think I've posted your ass tattoo video because I feel like I needed to edit like the reveal. Was, there was no reveal. Yeah, yeah there's no the reveal. reveal. But there's lots of stuff. There's the set back half, which is still an edit process. To be honest, the back half of the most recent up big, to the line, whatever. Big up to the line, grace note. <laughs> whatever it's called. Thing, yeah. There's like four hours of that, which is fascinating because we get, everybody gets shithoused. Oh like, yeah, the, the last, other, the the other last guys four too. hours are rough. It's fantastic though because everybody's so hammered. It's great. <laughs> So that's going to go out that's on Patreon. Go, yeah, that's going to go to Patreon audience. Only. We still have the 
the Stewart the Stewart little extra stuff part two, yeah, which was like the extra stuff after the interview, which was possibly some of the best parts. Yeah, yeah, we've got to get him back on. He's not doing anything. Yeah, he's bored. <laughs> uh, I, I'm curious what do, what do, what do our uh, fans who do they want to see on the show? If you're interested in yeah. us asking somebody and channerating them, who would that be? Yeah, should we get the snake charmer bag? <laughs> I don't know if that'll ever happen. We I could saw, try. Did you see that whole thread on like the Which Rab one? Show Facebook with the snake? And she like popped in and was like oh, defending no. herself. Oh, no. we'll, we'll talk about it after the break. Ooh, ooh, this is I did not know about this. All right, yeah, I know. So, um, so yeah, the CR Patreon. You should definitely check it out. We're gonna try to start putting more behind the scenes stuff there as well. Um, just you know. When we can, we're still behind on fucking editing episodes. So I think I'm going to start in a can, right? Yeah. I I think I'm just going to start like Twitch streaming me editing episodes. That'll be like our new content platform as you can, you can watch Josh drink and edit. Let's let's do that. (laughs) And I'll I'll do the same thing. I'll just like, I'll be working at the dojo reviewing goddamn people clapping for 17 hours. Just streaming. this. (laughs) I got a funny one for you. I I don't think I'll get in trouble for telling the story. I can wait if you want to wait till we get to this kind of stuff or I can tell you now. Uh, let's let's do it after let's do it after uh, when we get to like topic banter sure. session. You know our little grab bag area. Uh, the only other thing I wanted to plug was the Chainrant Discord. Chainrant.com slash Discord. Oh, the Discord is amazing. You got to join the Discord server, man. It is fun. It is the it is the social media of the future. We we have the the ten of us that are on there have the most. We have a lot. We have a fun. lot. Of, yeah, we have a lot of fun. <laughs> and we're and we're trying to expand it a little bit more. And we're probably going to do a little more gaming stuff that won't be like streamed. It'll just be like getting together and playing Correct. playing Jackbox and playing fucking what, what was that one we played last, last night? night? Project yeah, Winter. Project Winter, which is yeah. like. A betrayal. That was, that was game. pretty fun. Wasn't that it? was a fun game. Yeah. Can you uh, imagine eight people that we <laughs> actually know fucking yeah, with each other? If it was a bunch of if it was a bunch of channerers, it would be fucking hilarious. Yeah, it's a it's a really fun game. We just tried it out last night, Josh and I. And I think if we start doing like instead of like remember how we used to do like happy hours and stuff, we'll yeah. just do like gaming sessions sessions once a month or something. Like, yeah, and just hang out. Everybody play this. Everybody play that. We'll pick free games, maybe. Or yeah, whatever. we'll usually we'll usually pick free shit, and then uh, we'll see if we could do that. I think that'd be fun. I just want to betray Jeremy. Over, get, over again. <laughs> I want to be the, the traitor and just hack him in the That was the, the funniest <laughs> thing about playing was like we were playing with strangers except for like me and Fusco were the only guys that knew each other on the team. Well, no, because I think the rest of that crew knew each the other. The other, they seemed yeah, to know each other. Like th- four or five guys. I think it's like yeah. eight players. And like start of every game, like it was just like me and Fusco going into the woods to figure <laughs> out who's going to kill who first. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I don't trust you, but I'm going to go with you. If like, if I die, it was him. Yeah, it's like it's one of those things where it's like, all right, I'm going to go with Fusco. He might kill me. Uh, one time I was the bad guy and he never trusted me again the rest of the game. Like it's, it's random. It's, it's probably not me. <laughs> well, I got you uh, pretty bad. The, <laughs> oh, my God. One, did you ever? One time, one time I was a bad guy and I was just like, it's Fusco. It's here. It's iron. It's iron. <laughs> yeah. My, oh, my God. You, like, and then that one time when nobody believed me and it absolutely wasn't it was, me. It was 100%. Me. And they're like, no, I saw him hack at somebody like, and they all killed me. Like, God damn it, guys. It's not me. Dude, I'm telling you. Yeah. That game, that game, I literally, the guy who was like calling me out, mm-hmm. like I literally followed him into a bunker, like all tried right. to kill him in the bunker, but like I missed and uh-huh. he just like ran. He was like, it's, it's, it's backpipes. It's backpipes. And nobody listened and they were all chasing me. <laughs> they all killed me. I'm like, well, God damn it. But it's, it's really fun. What I like about it is it feels like a board game. Yeah, it does. It, it has a really, like we're all sitting in a room playing a like like an interesting board game together and it's yeah. really cool so no, it's, it's, it's pretty fun it's a board game where you get to murder your friends yep and then you know anytime fusco goes in the woods with me and doesn't <laughs> die he knows that i'm innocent 
because he's like, I, I'm, I'm you alone. You had your chance. He's yeah. like, I'm alone with bagpipes. Uh, he's going to kill me he's if he's pro- bad. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. There's no way. There's no way he can resist uh, the temptation. It's, it's great fun. It's, uh, I think it's uh, on like Game it's, Pass. It's on Game Pass right? on Xbox yeah. and also PC. But it's cross-play. That's it's the cross-play. cool thing. Is you, can, you can play it if you don't have an Xbox, if you have a computer or whatever. Yeah. It's not like a shooter, so it's not unfair now so check out the channel and discord if you want to get in on some stuff like that and just hang out and uh chop up fusco with an axe <laughs> that's, that's that's exactly fun, what happened a very fun part of the game <laughs> uh, okay cool so now seems like a good as good a time as any to do our uh mcclellan bagpipes ad i know we had said that we'd done them all but they're re-upping anyway so why we'll just do it right yeah just do it okay so i'm gonna take this opportunity to go get another beer do you need anything i do not. You do not? Okay. I will be right back. And here is a word from our sponsor. This episode of the Chanarant Podcast is brought to you by McClellan Bagpipes, proudly made in North America by artesian bagpipe maker Roddy McClellan from Eust, Scotland. At McClellan Bagpipes, they don't strive to be the biggest, fastest, or the cheapest. They do, however, meticulously craft a small number of the best-sounding and most beautiful-looking bagpipes in the world since their beginning in 1988. Over the years, McClellan Bagpipes has established a solid reputation for rich, warm, and stable tone, created with incredible craftsmanship and instruments of heirloom quality and unparalleled beauty. Head to BespokeBagpipes.com to learn more about their innovations like the new Elevation Chanter, which features a lower-pitched richness inspired by the classic top hand of older chanters and sustainable solutions like the Revelation Bagpipe, a Delrin instrument featuring bores lined with a cellulose polymer sleeve giving you the structural benefits of a Delrin instrument while maintaining a refined wood-like sound. Check out McClellan Bagpipes' diverse line of instruments and learn more about their restoration work on vintage bagpipes by visiting their website at bespokebagpipes.com. McClellan Bagpipes, born in Scotland, made in the USA. So I'll talk to the chat and we'll be silent for a bit. So, everything going okay out there still? Anybody need to report on anything that I need to know about? I have nowhere to go tonight, people. Nothing to do. It's bad news for Josh. I forgot your beer. (laughs) Ugh. Where we go next? All right, I see. Oh, I was just gonna grab the camera and turn it towards you. Oh, my drone cut out. Um, so this episode brought to you by McClellan Bagpipes, which I'm currently playing. <laughs> Wow, they—that is amazing. Those are the what are those? These are the Revelation bagpipes with the Elevation Chanter. Wow, that is fantastic. Sent to me by uh, McClellan Bagpipes, care of Joe Brady, along with some Wake and District swag. <laughs> of course, <laughs> uh, you don't have your gauge hooked up. I, I highly recommend that yes, for you. <laughs> you do have the gauge. I'm going to hook that up. I blew my I blew my bass drone out because I just got these yesterday, so I haven't done a lot of setup on them yet. But that's yeah. cool. I think Joe was going to set them up for you though. Uh, he did. So he did a lot of like he did the hemping, he did tone, he did pressure checks and all that kind of yeah. stuff. So there's a few things I'm going to edit. Can we hear him? Like just, but um, yeah, yeah. I can get a little get a little tune going. Hold on, let me get the camera here. Thank you. 
I love these things. <laughs> wow. <clears throat> thank you. Thank you, Joe. This uh, is amazing. I can't tell you how much better they are than your old pipes. <laughs> <laughs> like, right out of the gate, I can tell immediately how much better they sound. Uh, and, th- yeah, man, that's awesome. What What are the drone reads? Uh, I don't remember. They're, like, probably canards or something? Uh, Josh is trying to uh, hack a door here. There you go, got it. <clears throat> so, uh, yeah, man, that's fantastic. Um, so, ele- wait, what are they called again? The evolutions, but with the elevation channel. No, what are they called? Revelation. Revel- releva- God damn it. Revelation? Revelation? <laughs> Revelation. I mean. Revelation bagpipes, yeah. That's fantastic. And those are even, those are plastic, correct? And they still sound amazing. That is fantastic, man. Uh, how excited are you? I'm so excited. <laughs> Maybe he'll actually play his pipes now, people. <laughs> this would be outstanding if he actually decided to start practicing. <laughs> but, the uh, but yes, the uh, Revelation bagpipes, they are a Delrin instrument. So they're plastic with an internal design, which overcomes the shortcomings of traditional bores. We found that by changing the bore sizes and lining the bores with a cellulose polymer sleeve, we were able to produce an instrument with all the structural benefits of Delrin that produced a refined wood-like sound. That is amazing. But they do sound pretty good. They really do. <laughs> aside, from, aside from me being out of practice and like not really playing with them a lot, because like I said, I just got them yesterday. But yeah, no, that's fantastic. Uh, so Jesus Christ, now we owe Joe Brady our lives. Who's <laughs> <laughs> <was> we? <laughs> well, you, I definitely. <laughs> so uh, yeah, oh. look for some look for some tasty McClellan content coming out on Josh plays pipes at YouTube or whatever. The book. Dude, that's gonna be our our next Twitch channel. Josh practicing. Josh practicing, and I, I want to do it too. Like just have twenty four hour stream of us practicing yeah. or doing non- or just masturbating. I don't know which. That's a different channel, but we'll we'll get into that. <laughs> yeah, big shout out, thank you, McClellan. I look forward to playing the shit. Out of these pipes. What do you think of the Channer? I like it. Yeah, so I actually... um, Is it a smaller hole one, or which one is it? I think this is the smaller hole one. I think Uh this is the one that's supposed to compensate for the high G. Yes, it is. Out here. Yep. And so I like it a lot. Um, I don't have any tape on that G now. It was a little uh, little on the flat side, like when I first was trying to get them, like, just close enough to do this bit. Mm -hmm. But uh, I thought, you know, it came in. I think it just, you know, it just traveled, so I thought it's, you know... Yeah, for, for just getting shipped to Las Vegas like a day ago, I think it turned yeah, out pretty it was very good. good. Yeah, yeah. It was, the high G was great. Um, that's fantastic. So yeah, the smaller hole channels, cha- uh, hole chanter you, is great. You have one also, of those too, right? I don't do. you have one of the elevation channers? I do. Um, and I, I have <clears throat> the regular hole and the smaller hole one, and I'm currently playing the smaller hole one, which I love. He's actually made some changes since then, which I don't have the new one, Joe. God damn it! But maybe I'll get one. <laughs> I don't know. Who knows? But uh, <laughs> but the the small hole is helpful in the high G thing, man. Like I barely have tape in my high G. On our other channers, it's like three quarters most of the time covered. It sucks. It's such yeah. a pain in the ass. I want to I want to take the opportunity to quickly apologize to our headphone listeners, but it was a surprise <laughs> bit. I didn't even know it was coming. Yeah, I had no the idea. Whole, the whole point was I was told I got to surprise Andy on the show with them. Like as soon as he came in, I'm like, fuck, where's the volume? <laughs> fuck, where? I don't, what screen am I in? <laughs> I was trying to pull it down. I apologize. Yeah. So I was, I was like, there's no way for me to be like, oh, uh, I'm going to go get a beer. Let me quickly like adjust the gain. <laughs> oh, that was great, man. I, I love the surprise though. But uh, but yeah, man. Thank you, thank you, McClellan backpacks. Thank you, Joe. I got some sweet wake swag too. I'm wearing my wake shades, but those are I already had those. Yeah, I got like a hoodie or I got a like a beanie and some other stuff. (laughs) 
That's I'm awesome. all weaked out, bro. Yeah, yeah. Where's your T-shirt? Does he, did he send you a t-shirt? He did, but everyone keeps sending me larges, man. You know I like that baby uh, gap look. Yeah, you do. <laughs> yeah. Did he, did he uh, Charleston pipe band us? Mm-mm. Send you like extra larges? Oh, I, sent, I think he sent me a large, but yeah. That's fair. Awesome stuff. Thank you, uh, McClellan Bagpipes. Yeah. And that'll be a fun part of the audio edit for sure. <laughs> All right, so let's go. Yes, sir. Our topic that you alluded to was a recent article talking about um, how competition piping has ruined the nature of our instrument. Potentially. Um, Maybe. I mean, that's what he's already, that's, that's <laughs> so the question. Before we get into it, should we do uh, our win and try of the week? Yeah, we don't have a fail because we're going all positive. In all this positive episode. today. We're going to so. be like Fusco's HIV test. <laughs> Fuck. Positive. <laughs> oh, you son of a bitch. All right. So the first, I'm going to go with the try first because it's just. The it's try just, is pretty cool. And it's one of the six. He is. So we're going to go to this one. Uh, here we go. I might have fucked that up. I might not have had the sound going. Can you check? <laughs> no, nah, I think I think it was good. Uh, let, let us know in the chat if you guys heard that in the YouTube chat, and we'll uh, we can replay it if we have to. So, yeah. So that was that was uh, who was that? Oh no, Brad says he can't hear. We gotta do it again. All right, fuck it. Okay, you ready? I'll edit it out and post. Okay, hold on. Wait one sec. Wait one sec. Make sure the audio is going. Transition. Audio's on. Turned on. All right, here we go. And here is the try. <laughs> Hopefully that worked. If not, we'll share the link. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna share it either way. But uh, so, what do you think of this? This is uh, this is our once again good friend piping Jim. Yeah, uh, he he doesn't want to take credit for this. Uh, I asked him, you know, hey man, what, oh, what sorry, is, I, sorry, I just outed you, bro. What is this all about? I mean, <laughs> and if uh, he says, um, oh fucking hell, I lost it. But he basically wants to give credit to the Lord of all creation. Uh, Cthulhu. Oh, Cthulhu. Okay, yeah. cool. <laughs> He's like, uh, yeah, I don't. I just produced it. Like, I was. Cthulhu he was just. Through me. He was the conduit. Yeah, for Cthulhu the dark. Work, he's for like the dark Cthulhu, god. Yeah, Cthulhu worked through me. <laughs> okay, well that makes sense. Yeah. So uh, I thought that was fun, and I figured you'd appreciate that because you're that cool, a big yeah. Cthulhu fan. So. Yeah, of course. Yeah. So. Any any world eating creatures, you know, you yeah. gotta you gotta love. Absolutely. Like uh, the most popular world ending creature in Chanran audience, Stephen McWhorter. <laughs> all right so that was a great try of the week what did you think are you on the she sea shanty version shit like that's like a tiktok thing right is that isn't that how that's getting all over the place it's 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 yeah that's like the new thing on tiktok is a sea shanty thing i i heard one because ozzy broad sent me one and it was pretty cool and then it, there's a whole rabbit hole but i haven't gone down it i'll say isn't it mostly thing? just like the same bit we did with bollocks and fiddle like two years ago yes four years five years <laughs> five ago. years ago <laughs> Like, but like they're way better at it, but yeah. <laughs> still the bit's been done people. Jesus. Yeah. Go to the Las Vegas <laughs> pipe and YouTube page, man. It's been done. Um, so yeah, 
Uh, cool, man. So our win of the week is just something that I just discovered. I, I was completely unaware of this young lady, and I promise I didn't pick it uh, because of the way she looks, although that's not bad either. But uh, my thought on this was maybe this will ins- – and I, I didn't know we had the surprise today, but I thought maybe this would inspire Josh to actually pick up those small pipes that he bought. Pick up the small pipes and, a little more? And practice them because when you see hear this broad play, holy moly. This is just going to be my new, <laughs> my new Twitch channel will be me trying to sight read stuff on my small pipe. <laughs> and I really want to know more about her learning style and stuff, but she she's featured in the article that we talked about uh, briefly. But uh, So let's take a listen to this. You switch over to that, switch to this screen here. That's not that hard. You could do that. <laughs> <laughs> that's, a, that's a hell of a tune. And that's the one that she wrote. Yeah.
Damn. How about that? God <clears throat> damn. So maybe Rab's in the chat. He can actually help us. How the hell do you pronounce her name? <laughs> yeah, that's true. Briggy Sham. What if it's just Shambu? like bridged? Bridge? Or maybe Bridget? Is that like a Gaelic for Bridget? Maybe well, we might have to. Well, we'll we'll get it. We'll get the correct pronunciation Sh- from from Rabby. Shambul. I don't know. I don't know. But uh, I love it. Uh, yeah, she's awesome. So apparently, like she's. There's a funny thing well, when we get into the article here that, and this is how I discovered it was reading through the article. But uh, that could be that's going to lead us into our topic, I suppose. Which is yeah. Well, did, you got a dojo story too. Did you have a dojo story you wanted to tell that we'd put uh, on? Skip it for now. Skip it for now. Okay. <laughs> so yeah. So our topic is this article, um, and it was circling around on the socials, and basically it uh, it's a, this opinion piece that competition piping and like the regimented nature and I'm, I'm painting with a very broad brush here we'll get into the specifics yeah. the competition piping and the nature of uh how stru- structured and rigid it is is somehow unauthentic to like highland music is that is that a fair very broad description yeah to yeah essentially this person hamish what's his name hamish. wait so rab is saying breach campbell breach campbell yeah um so this guy Hamish Moore wrote an article that showed up in Piping News, I think it was, but uh, talking about how, basically bringing up the discussion of, and his it seems like his opinion is that competition piping is ruining. I don't know if I'd say ruining, but I want to go with it, <laughs> ruining or, the music yeah. that could be, yeah, or is somehow is somehow um, damaging to like trad music. Maybe I think he's saying I think he's saying in piping in general. You think piping in general? Yeah, I think that's where he's going here, Uh, because he cites a lot of uh, a lot of other people that play a lot of other styles, I suppose, Mm -hmm. Um, and how like this militaristic sort of focus on competitive piping technicality instead of musicality is not good for the art, I guess, if you will. So, um. Which, as a, I'm not a, like a crazy tech, technical type pro person, but I'm kind of in that camp. I definitely lean that way a little bit. But I also... Uh, yeah, I mean, I think that when it comes to competition piping, or like the style of piping that most of us learn when we're in bands, um, it's, like a, it's like artistic expression within the confines of technical accuracy, right? Like you have mm-hmm. you have opportunities for like, a take, you know, like I'm going to hold this note longer. I'm going to do this, but there's like a right way. There's like a right way. And there's, like, I think that's what this is getting at. Some, somewhat like there's a right way and a wrong way. Whereas in other, you know, other forms of like music making, maybe, maybe not, maybe not so much. Right. The thing he was, the, the people he seemed to be attacking, if you will, are the staunch hardcore, like, if you will, traditionalists, mm-hmm. right wing and traditional. What does that mean? I mean, it could be, it depends on how far back you go. <laughs> yeah, right? I know exactly. So like, it's like the heart, like think the traditional, like, the traditionalist of, uh, 1940 is very different than the traditionalist of 1882. Like think about the <laughs> old, you gotta, yeah, yeah, yeah. You gotta exactly. think about how, how much the music has changed. The old school, like this, the old piping judge sitting there, like 
giving you the evil eye down his nose at your Peabrock because it's not exactly the way it's written in the book or whatever. Like, and Peabrock was, a, yeah, and they talk the, about a lot of this in the, the article. 90, the 95-year-old judge at the world's who farts actual dust and, like, <laughs> has his testicles tucked into his skin do spot. Like, yeah, that guy might think of things a little differently than us. Right. He And they definitely do. And, and it's interesting because there's guys like, I'm going to say like a Robert Matheson type who I know you don't know him and I only know I him a little yeah, bit. I don't know him personally, but I know, I know of him. Like he was incredibly creative in his day, but also he seems to be very traditional as well, which is interesting to me as a judge. He seems to be very traditional, but he used to push the envelope all the fucking time. And then, and then now he's like, well, you know, uh, I don't know. I don't know him that well. I'm, I don't want to put words in his mouth, but he definitely seems to toe the line of very traditionalist now. And I wonder why that happens or I don't know, maybe I, I wonder Stuart. Sometimes I think I've heard him sort of talk about this in private rooms in the corner of somewhere, somewhere like, you know, like it's supposed to be enjoyable music. It's not supposed to be like, all right, the hardcore technical analysis all the time. It's supposed to be music. So I get that. Yeah. <laughs> like, um, and I wonder if maybe this whole, the thing we're dealing with now might, sort of shift us into another direction potentially. But there's, there's so many things in this article I want to touch on, but one of the the thing that grabbed my attention that I wanted to talk about it today was something very rock and roll that this, uh, that this girl we just played, um, said. So (laughs) I don't know who the guy commenting on her was, but, uh, they were talking about serious piping versus competition piping, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and this person says, apparently somebody critiqued her on Twitter saying, I hope she doesn't give up on her serious piping in favor of the folky stuff. She has too much talent for that. And apparently she responded to that by saying, define serious piping. So that's very rock and roll of her, I think. It's like, yeah. like, who are you? Like, fuck off. <laughs> like, what does that mean? You know, what does serious piping mean? Like, what the fuck? So that's really interesting to me. Um, and the, the concept of, like, what's, like, the folky stuff is, is goddamn fun to listen to. I mean, it's I, I enjoy a good pipe band melody. Don't get me it's wrong. Often, it's often like technically brilliant. Uh, very often, like the, te- yeah, the like, technical side doesn't go away just because it's no, folky. Like I mean, when you hear when you hear someone like like the like Breesh, I believe is how Grab is telling us to pronounce it. I will get that corrected eventually, and I'm very sorry if she listens to the show. We'll have her on. Um, she doesn't. But uh, like, if you listen to someone like that, like I'm not hearing like fuck ups i'm not hearing crossing noises i'm not hearing bad Nothing. tone i'm not hearing fucked embellishments like when i was playing sitting down on my new pipes over here like mm-hmm. i'm not hearing any of that shit no she's obviously very good so it's like what's i think that's a great question to find serious piping like i, I mean isn't and isn't isn't the form of piping that you work on like i mean that makes it serious right like i know that's the big question like where where do we where do you take this thing and uh, uh doogie talks about this sometimes like he he, this is one of the things he pays us to say <laughs> is like, like he's so over the MSR medleys or solo piping. Everything's always the same kind of thing. I mean, I'm very badly paraphrasing, but, and I wonder if other people are too. It's like, I get only, it. You gotta, you gotta pick something to go after. Cause what else are we playing for? Otherwise well, nobody wants only, to listen to bad. Not only structured the same, but at the higher levels, literally the same fucking tunes 90% of the time. Correct. And, it, and it's, it's like some of the guys take risks and they're and they're shit on for taking risks, you know. And and the, and sometimes these top level bands are afraid to like do something interesting because it's a risk, and and somebody might not like a waltz at the beginning. I don't know, or whatever, you know, whatever it is. 
and in, especially the lower grade bands, like because they're just trying to get a handle on the instrument, if you will, like they definitely they just follow the formula, which I don't know. It's still interesting. There's still good stuff, but it's been going on so long. I've been in this so long that's like, do uh, so I really need to hear? <laughs> I mean, like, am I ever going to hear? a rendition of the children's song so good that I like the tune. I don't think no, so. Never. Like, like, <laughs> it would almost like never not, happen. Not in a million years. <laughs> it would be really difficult. I've heard it because I've heard it 700 billion times. And I just never want to fucking hear it again. Right. Like, so that may, leads me to like, you know, the Joe Brady Waken district people who learn from oh, the guy in Canada. I'm going to, Somebody in chat will correct me. Who's the guy in Canada that Waken district? Uh, Justin Trudeau. But he's all, he does really <laughs> weird shit. And, um, like maybe, is that so bad as we, as people like initial, their initial reaction is, you know, this is the same band that Toronto police, I believe where they like put practice pads on their drums for the opening tune to make it sound like a, like a rope drum. And then they pulled them off and they had little ropes tied to them. And then they went like, they were doing crazy shit. Like the rules say you can do it, but the judges don't love it. They, they fucking crucify you for it. Yeah, but I would also argue like there's cracks appearing in that. I mean, I would it's I would accredit the last two Inverary wins to cracks appearing in that. You think so? Yeah, I don't think they. I I think those same sets executed that same way even like five years ago would have not been top three because they just would have been too. Well, I think they would have been too radical. I think people would have looked at it and be like, "What the fuck are you doing, Stu?" <laughs> So maybe that's a good sign. Like I think that's. But like, it's such I a slow s- moving. Yeah, I mean, so slow. I think that. I suppose that what I would, how I would address the issue of like defining serious piping, right? Great episode title idea. Um, oh, I already, I already wrote it down in the okay. notes. We're good. Right. <laughs> uh, but I think the way that I would describe it is like, you know, seriousness comes from tone for me, like establishing good tone uh, and technical correctness, right? Anything else beyond that? I mean, like I said, you can listen to trad piping and tone's good, blowing's good. You're not hearing fuck ups, crossing noises, weird shit. Like, mm-hmm. okay, I think that's that fits within the boundaries if I'm trying to set boundaries. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But you could do play whatever the fuck you want as long as your tone's good and your technical movements aren't sloppy and shitty. And right. maybe that's how I would define it for me personally. Yeah, and, and maybe that's fair, like a bare minimum of like technical competence. But like, do we, like and we talked about this last week a little bit, but like we're so, pipers and musicians in general so hard on each other. And I'm hard on myself. I'm hard on other people. I, I get it. It's just like an it's a reaction. I don't know why because yeah. I intellectually I don't agree with it, but it's like a gut reaction. I mean, if I wrote <laughs> if I wrote a tune that the third bar of the second line was four D throws in a row for some fucking reason. As long as they're all played well, is it bad? Uh, <laughs> Somebody would probably say it was. <laughs> like, I, don't, I don't know. You know, like if the tone's good and everything, everything beyond uh, a competent tone and well executed, well executed movements in my mind is kind of musical expression at that point, right? Like that's a, that's everything that's left is a, is a creative choice made by the performer. Correct. Now. S- there's the argument maybe, and I tend to subscribe to this is like get a strong baseline in the fundamentals or the rudiments, et cetera, whether you're a drummer or piper, whatever you want to call it. And then create. Yeah. Like you like, but 
the the you have, the, 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 you the can that we're opening here is that some jerk off in a service band is gonna be like, well, I just feel like being musical, man. I'm like, yeah, yeah. but it's shit, man. Like, but who's yeah. who's to say? I, I I fight with that with myself all the time. But I would also say like the formula may not be wrong because a lot of people and one of the things he mentions in this article is how he came up in a very normal way, competition pipe band mm-hmm. scene, right? Like mm-hmm. that's how people learn most of the time. So that's where you're gonna get the most opportunity for instruction. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. But like take it on any other instrument, right? Like you're going to spend a thousand hours practicing a scale before you write the solo to crazy train, right? Like that's just how it goes. Well, here's the thing. You're right. So like when you have incredibly incredible technical competence and theoretical competence, like music theory stuff, like the freedom you have at that point becomes huge. Yeah. Like you're like jazz does this all the time. Like improv improvisation is taught specifically but the reason you know how to improvise is because you know the keys and the scales you know what's going to work without even thinking about it yeah and that's study and technicality that you that you work on to then create the freedom to make good music if you will and pipes again i'm not i'm not highly versed in the trad scene at all like i've very minimally been listening to that but it's like i wouldn't bet that like Ross Ainsley or those types of guys mm-hmm. like Ross Miller, maybe, or maybe this girl, I, uh, I don't know. Like, do they improvise? Like, absolutely. Is, I don't know. Like, well, I think, I, I think <laughs> they it just sounds so good. I, I just assume that they practice that. Sh- that it's just what they're I doing. Think there's improvisation. I mean, I would look at someone, look at like a solo performance from like Stuart or from like Fred Morrison, right? Like there's improvisation there. That's, it's not being played the same way every time I know. Cause I've watched, a billion of those performances like there's there's definitely improvisation but also like you know when they run up a fucking chromatic scale on a bagpipe in the middle of a hornpipe like they're not hitting every note because not every note works so i think a lot of that is knowledge of theory like you talk about like hey like if i'm gonna do a run here low hand to high hand i know what i'm skipping because of practice and attention to detail and all that kind of stuff, you know? Right. Knowing your arpeggios, if you will. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, same thing that you would do on piano, same thing you do on guitar. Right. You know what the key is in your end, you know, it works. And, but how much time and effort and study does it take to get there? A lot. (laughs) Uh, Incredible. And and it varies from person. (laughs) It varies from person to person. Like, like who's a better guitar player, Andre Segovia or Jimi Hendrix. They're both fucking great guitar players. One is a, supremely non-improvisational classic guitarist one is fucking Jimi hendrix right like like bluesy and imp- like, super improv- like usually bluesy. improvising straight to tape right for the for a lot of songs yeah that's the <laughs> there's the question of like also the have they been touched by the hand of god if you will in uh, some, way, some of those people <laughs> i'm sure quote got, unquote. i'm sure i'm sure <laughs> a lot of classical musicians got touched by a lot of hands <laughs> Closely associated with God, <laughs> probably, probably not in a good way. That's what we call the bad touch. <laughs> but no, I mean, I, I that's how that's kind of the framework that I personally use when it comes to that kind of stuff. Like, because you know me, I I like freaking weird kitchen piping shit, and you know, I'll put slurs where they don't belong and stuff like that because I'm had a few beers and I feel like making people go, "Oh, what the fuck was that?" Mm-hmm. But. Yeah. You know, I I mean, I think my favorite improvisational piece, obviously, is when you're marching along to Green Hills and you just hit a low G every other note. <laughs> I do that shit all the time it's, in mass bands. It's fantastic. I've, I have fallen down and had to, like, I've had to have someone hold my pipes. I was laughing so, laughing hard. so hard. Like, that's joy, man. That's joy for the piper. I mean, it's da, miserable da, for the da, drum major da, who da, fucking da, hates da, you for it. <laughs> so, can we 
take a two-minute break? Yeah, absolutely. And I want to come back to another quote from this article. Yeah, absolutely. So let's take a quick uh, two-minute break um, to the audio audience. They won't notice anything. And I'll, I'll hit the chat a bit because you got all the chat time while I was trying to set up your surprise and, cool. and blow out everyone's eardrums. <laughs> Is that for you or for me? <laughs> oh, we, we're getting lit. <laughs> I don't have to go anywhere today. Uh, <laughs> I might have to cancel the place I was going to go. What were we going to do? I got a buddy in town and he is, he's moving back here and he needs a little bit of advice on getting his place back up and running. Who's that? Uh, Con. I don't know. You might have played games with him before. He games with us sometimes. He's a friend of courts who I adopted. Oh, okay. I probably don't know him too well. Thank you, sir. Khan, like K A H N, like Wrath uh, of Khan. I think K H A N. Really? Yeah, Hasib Khan. Oh, he's one of them. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, he's from fucking Fernley. I'm just like, kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I love it because he'll he'll do that shit with me when we're hanging out and talking, and he'll be like, "Oh, you gonna you just gonna fuck on the brown guy, huh? You gonna fuck on the <laughs> the Arab dude?" And I'm like, "Khan, you're from Fernley, Nevada, bro." <laughs> dude funny side note when i was working at the bank you know my buddy rick yeah yeah so we went to a ricky house vegas baby. yeah ricky vegas we went to a house party with this another guy that worked at the bank and he was good dude muslim of some sort you know that but that's all i remember specifically but we went a, to his house to a house party right was that the guy that looked like the dude from disturbed or is that a different guy yeah he had shaved head yeah, yeah, yeah probably guy. you met him once yeah or I, met twice? Him at, I met him at like a new year's party or something probably yes absolutely he always he was well, always hanging I, out i think i met him at the new year's party where someone rattled off on the roof that's correct <laughs> i bet he was there so anyway <laughs> rattling off for our international friends that means shooting gun. Well, somebody shot a gun should, off the roof should this, of my be, fucking should this house. be in the episode <laughs> i don't care yeah i mean that was just be for chat it's pretty funny but uh so anyway this i went to his house party and he had a pool we're just just a few of us hanging out maybe 10 of us or whatever and so at the top of his refrigerator he had a quran and i and i was like oh i've never seen one of those and so i grabbed it and i'm like and it's all in whatever that yeah, fucking language is so i'm like looking through it and he comes up he's like you are not supposed to touch that i'm like, <laughs> I'm like what he's like you're a fucking infidel like or yeah. no, he didn't say that he didn't say it that way but he's like you're not you're a christian or whatever and i'm, and I'm not but i was no. raised that way like you can't touch it. I'm like, Oh my God, I'm so sorry, man. I, I didn't know. I just thought it was interesting to me. I just wanted to see it. He's, and I was like, Oh God, I've just, I'm going to be killed now. <laughs> like I'm in his house with his family. Oh my God. So did you find out he was fucking with you? No, he, that he was serious. I put it down. Dude, I'm, like, I'm like, so sorry. I'd be like, bitch, bitch, you got people over at your house. If you got shit, that people aren't supposed <laughs> like, to touch. Put it away. Put, I, it, put it in your room. Listen, I was trying to be respectful. I don't know. Uh, what the fuck do I know? Put it next to your lube, man. <laughs> uh, so, all right, we're coming back. How yep. are we doing this? I don't know. We just, we just, just come back into it. All right. Uh, I'll, I'll open with some of these comments. Uh, so in the chat, we got some good comments coming up. Um, Heather talks about how it's supposed to be enjoyable. It's supposed to be not supposed to be torture, which is the opposite of how she learned when she was a kid. And if you didn't hate it, you were doing it right. And that's a common story. Uh, I sure. think, I think a lot of people that did piping early on, or let's just say like not in the last 20 years. Mm-hmm. Fuck. Even in the last 20 years. I mean, I, I started in like 2003 mm-hmm. and it was like embrace the suck was the culture. Well, that wasn't that a term that Lauren started. Uh, that's a, that's a term that's used a lot in like workouts in military, oh, and, military stuff. Yeah yeah. 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 Okay. She brought it to us then. Okay. But that's true. I mean, that's very true, but that's more of the physical side of it, especially when you're struggling with your instrument, I think, isn't yeah. it? It's, yeah. I don't know if the music is like suck. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, 
Don't be wrong. We could go off. We could go off on a, a whole other tangent about like how we should promote more physical fitness in bagpiping. But <laughs> that's a whole different thing. Because like even like in piping and drumming, like that that's a that's a lot of physicality there, and I think that people can, um, you know, technique wise or mentally, be further along than their body is like letting them do because of the physical restrictions of what they're doing. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely, and that's I, why you should just play small pipes or uh, goose, and ha- make sure you're having make sure you're having enough fun to where you don't quit. <laughs> like the, maybe that should be the whole thing. But uh, so you had another. Um, I want to get through a couple more of these things, and we'll get to the quote that you want to pull out. Um, we talked about during the break, uh, good bagpipes, bad bagpipes, and how we often on this show talk about how, especially in the United States, there's a lot of perception of people are like, oh, I just don't like the sound of bagpipes and it's because they probably didn't hear, hear them executed to a decent ability. Mm-hmm. Tonally, I mean, more than anything, because no one's going to know what a crossing noise is. Right. Um, and then the other thing is the culture of the competition. She writes, the culture of the competition scene doesn't allow for the variation of improv. And the point that I made there that you missed that I think you might want to give your two cents on mm-hmm. was uh, competition versus performance, right? Like competition is a kind of performance. You're performing for a judge. Mm-hmm. But to me, I take the approach to both of those things very differently. Because one right. is I'm meeting a set of requirements that I need to meet for some kind of a positive outcome, judging wise. And then the other one is I'm my my set of requirements that I'm trying to hit is entertainment. I'm trying to razzle Correct. and dazzle and Correct. entertain and play good music that is something that I mean, there's a reason that I didn't, I couldn't kick Pumpkin's Fancy out of my fucking solo set for performances for 20 years. It's because people would listen to it like, I've never heard that kind of piping before. That's so cool. Yeah, exactly. What was that thing you were doing? It was almost like a bend on a guitar. And I'm like, if you were in this piping, and that's, you know, that's people that aren't in the bagpiping scene. If you're in the bagpiping scene, every time you hear Pumpkin's Fancy, you want to shoot your own dick off. Correct. Mostly, yeah. Yeah, like, but for the general public, that's an easy go-to where it's got enough weird things in it to where a competent piper can execute it well, mm-hmm. and the audience would be like, whoa. Yeah, absolutely. Because I've never heard any variation of, like, kitchen piping or trad piping or anything like that. If you showed fucking... If you if Fred Morrison played the fucking something Scottish at the Rainbow Library <laughs> in Las Vegas... <laughs> like, people's heads would explode. They would literally... <laughs> paint the ceiling with their brains their heads would explode absolutely there'd be orgasms in the audience there'd be they'd be like what the fuck did i just watch right Correct. <laughs> like they have no idea that's possible that would be that would that would ruin them for piping forever like correct they would every, never want to listen to you yeah, and me ever again like every other <laughs> every other local player every time they were at a wedding or a funeral or something here in southern nevada it like that piper would just be the little fucking four inch cuck compared to the 10 inch BBC that was Fred Morrison's performance. Correct. You know Correct. what I mean? Yeah. Now here's the thing that's funny is, okay, I've got so <laughs> many thoughts. There's so many things to, to say about this. So <laughs> let's just talk about Fred Morrison first. One, <laughs> should we, does our, our, our audience knows what I mean by it. Okay. Yeah. They'll, they'll, they're, they're one of the six. They'll know what I mean by 10 inch BBC. That so, is Fred Morris. <laughs> so Fred, <laughs> so Fred is like the example of a guy who has proven his, his traditional competence and he can get away with whatever the, whatever the fuck he wants. Yeah. So when he goes to like winter storm or wherever he plays and he plays the Highland pipes and he plays like the Kansas city horn pipe or whatever the other one's called, I forget uh, the hard drive, the high drive, the high drive. 
And he like, he like intentionally blows sharp and he does all these things and nobody ever, I've never heard him criticized by the top of the top. I mean, maybe he is. I don't know. I've never heard. I've sat in rooms with like the best players in the world and like Fred just performed and they just love the fucking guy. But he proved his worth. (laughs) Like he proved that he he can do it for real as well. Fred Morrison could shoot a drummer on fifth (laughs) and get away with it. He could do anything he wants, right? And like... But he's so masterful. It's it. It's because he has that freedom. He can. He does it on purpose. He like well, fucks with the instrument on purpose. That's the thing. He's intentional. Correct. Like when Fred Morrison blows harder to change the pitch of his instrument during a performance, he's not doing that because he's shitty at blowing. No. He's doing it like with intention. Yes. And that's what I'm talking about. Like like that freedom of technical skill that allows you to be more creative, and that's important too. So like he's he gets a pass automatically. Yeah. Like he's just one of those guys who gets a pass no matter what. Like I, I hear him play and I'm like, oh, there's blowings off. But I don't give a fuck. Like, yeah. like who the fuck am I to say his blowings off? I, I don't even think about it because I'm, it's Fred fucking Morrison. I would not say that. <laughs> I would yeah. never tell him that. You know what I mean? So so there's that. But then going back to the the competition side of it, like I I I agree that competition serves a purpose, right? What else will we how what how often would you play pipes if it wasn't for competition? At this point, St. Patrick's life? Day, yeah, Burns Night. Is that it? Yeah, I mean, that's <laughs> dude. If, if anything, COVID, like may, funeral, like not solo. I'm talking like band type situation. Oh, what else would you play for? I wouldn't play shit. Parade, maybe. Yeah, but who we wants to do we those? Don't we don't parades, do parades. Fuck that. Like, like, so it serves a purpose, and I. I I'm not against the idea of competition because it gives us a reason to play, but I understand the idea of like, it, it creates this, like, what, what would you call it? Like a, well, it, creates, it sucks in the, the, like the air. So that, yeah. like it, everything becomes very, it becomes, it's a fucking, it's a fucking black hole. Like, like the thing for me when I think about, and my, my personal experience, and I've talked about this a little bit on the show, especially for the past year, right. Where I've just been like, had no motivation Mm-hmm. I got the same, I've had the same fucking band tunes for two years. And like part of it for me has been really trying to rediscover playing shit that I want to play for myself for no reason. Mm-hmm. So I've just been trying, I've just been doing a lot of work to be happy again, playing with myself. Masturbation <laughs> joke. You, you guys come here for this. This is why you pay the $5. This is why you pay month. the $5. <laughs> uh, no, no, but on all seriousness. Right. And so I'm, and I'm still struggling with that. Right. Cause it used to be, if nothing else, I would go to band. Right. Once a week. Um, the problem I have lately with my band life, and this is no and this is no kind of indictment of our band or the current situation it's in, which is dire. I mean, everyone's in this situation. When it comes to band stuff, it immediately like a pigeonhole starts to form with what you're doing and then is immediately filled with pigeons. Because, <laughs> like, because, like, oh, what can I expect? I'm gonna have an hour of listening to like maybe two bars of one tune played by four different people, right? And then I'll play it a bit, and then so, and part of that is paying dues. Part of that is like, hey, I gotta be here because I gotta be supporting these people because I care about them and I mm-hmm. care about their musical progression, right? right? Yeah. I think that where I've fucked up and where I'm still, I still don't have my way back to where I want to be is I got to have separate time with playing that 
is just shit that I want to play the way I want to fucking play it. Right. And this is why we're just going to end up Twitch streaming our practices now. Because <laughs> like, why the fuck not? I, I'm not even kidding about that, though. Like, no, I mean, I mean, it's a good idea, right? Because, one, there's accountability. There's accountability, which is important. Because you, you're, you're putting yourself out there for people to critique you. So, like, Dude, my like I've recently posted a couple of videos of me playing with Tim and various things. I'm like, like I'm I'm just waiting for somebody to shit on me and I, like because I know I'm not that I'm not that good, man. Like I'm pretty okay. I'm pretty okay. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, but like it it makes me want to be better. It gives me some reason because we have nothing right now, and this is the challenge of right now. Is well, competition gives us a reason to work. You and I are like competitive, or some people are. A lot of people are competitive. And you hear about all the UK bands, like many of them haven't even done a single fucking thing since all this started because that's all they live for is like going to the competition, hanging out in the beer tent, having a good time. Let's see what happens. And that's, that's great motivation for them to play, but they're not solo players. They're not the ones that want to go and you don't have to be a solo competitor. Like go play in your local fucking, go play for the fucking old folks home or the goddamn library system or whatever the fuck it is. I play in my fucking backyard for my neighbors. Like, well that too. Like, but I like I don't, the, I don't, the online thing. Like, gives me bitch. a reason to want to get better. <laughs> I don't bitch about 180 decibel mariachi until 11 o'clock at night. So they don't bitch about me bagpiping at like noon. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, your neighborhood's a whole fucking thing. But uh, <laughs> I, although I will say this, pre-COVID, uh, my especially my neighbors that are on like the short side behind my back fence, mm-hmm. they used to have fucking parties with like live mariachi bands, and that was the shit because I would just sit. I get my lawn chair. That's great entertainment. I get my lawn chair. I put it on top of the table that was in the backyard, and I could kind of see. And I would just, <laughs> I would just drink my beer and freely enjoy the mariachi music. Like I enjoy mar- mariachi music. Really, anything cultural is yeah. interesting to me. I don't know, dude. Live music's live music. Baby. <laughs> I don't give a shit. I'll listen. But let me let me go into this article. Go back to this article, yeah. and we'll see where this goes. So I'm going to read about three paragraphs because I found this fascinating. Do you know who Gordon Duncan is? I do. Gordon Duncan is a legend. Yes. Like now. And he was probably 20 years ago up till now, right? I hadn't, again, we're from the United States of America. We know shit about the history of, like, the details that led into what makes good piping today, blah, 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 right? So, So, yeah. So they Granted, I will say this, and I'm sorry to interrupt you. That's okay. The only reason I know was because I grew up with Angus. And Tannehill Weaver CDs and fucking Doogie McLean CDs were... Mm -hmm common in the household right and you probably heard a lot of like really interesting piping going on during those because but but and it's it's a lot of gordon duncan stuff like robert watt was highly influenced a good friend of gordon duncan and highly influenced by him and so many pipers are. i didn't know that big time he 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 loves that guy like that's he was that's a big big influence should we get robert on someday (laughs) someday we should (laughs) i don't know if he'll talk to you but maybe (laughs) I just like called him a cock with teeth like one time. Uh, one time. The people misunderstand what we say sometimes. He does look like a cock with teeth. Why do you keep repeating it? Don't say it again. Like I'm trying doesn't, to uh, doesn't mean he's not brilliant. Like yeah. I like him as a person. So I would actually like to have Robert on because Robert is a very good at um improvisation I mean, and also like just ripping shit. I, I look like an uglier version of Robert Pattinson's stunt double, so <laughs> <laughs> you'd be the guy they only film from behind I'd be, guy, I'd, I'd be the guy that stepped in when the actual stunt double gets hurt <laughs> you, you're They'd be like oh we got to go to the third guy you're <laughs> stunt double number two yeah. all right so let's talk let's talk this this gordon duncan story so 
and I, I had no idea. I'm very familiar with the Just for Seamus album, but I had no idea about this. So it starts with a quote from the Bible, and it's a little hard to understand, but it says this. Do not give what is holy to the dogs, nor cast your pearls before swine, lest they trample them under the feet and turn and tear you to pieces. Matthew 7, 6. And then he goes on to say this. This quotation reminds me of the infamous finale of the Scottish Pipers Association knockout competition held in Glasgow in 93, before you and I ever picked up pipes. I was three years old. Yeah. The two pipers were Gordon Duncan, <laughs> that and, dates me. Gordon Duncan and Gordon Walker, two legends of piping. And Gordon Walker's a legend for other reasons, but we won't get into that. I will remember walking out in protest at what the adjudicator, Seamus McNeil, who wrote the Green Book, uh, said. The piping tonight, I don't think there was a great deal of piping tonight. I thought that some of it was very good. Some of the March Trust Bay and real playing I enjoyed, but the rest of it was garbage. A bus had been hired that day to bring folks from uh, Pit Lockery down to hear the competition. I vividly remember the journey home, sitting up the back of the bus with Gordy, Gordon Duncan he's referring to. He was upset, not because he hadn't been placed first, but by what Seamus had said. I promised Gordy that I would phone Ian Green of Green Tracks Records, which is a tune, and the next morning I suggested to Ian that he give Gordy a record contract. Immediately he did. In his own beautiful way, Gordy had the perfect three-word response to Seamus McNeil in naming his brilliant debut album Just for Seamus. So like Gordon Duncan, who became a legend with this album, just for Seamus, which he did like just shit that nobody ever does. Like the tunes he wrote are phenomenal. Like the trad type playing. I don't want I have no idea. It's not, I wouldn't say it started with him, but man, this guy is a fucking legend for that. That's just rock and roll right there. Dude. So big time. He's like, all right, fuck you. <laughs> like, but this guy is Seamus McNeil is like the guy who of the, maybe the modern century other than Donald McLeod of, of like the ni- uh, well, 1900s yeah. that like created what it is to be a bagpiper, I guess. Right. So I, I find this fascinating. Like, all right, fuck you. I'll do it my way. Like, okay. That's so Frank Sinatra, which Americans that's, understand. <laughs> I was about to say, it's, it's, it's such a Chanterant move. <laughs> like hell like, yeah. Not, not only am I, I'm going to do an album and I'm going to name it after you, you fucking cunt. Yeah. That's <laughs> brilliant, which I absolutely love about him. But you know, like, Gordon Duncan has been such an influence to so many people like that are modern geniuses today. This is 90. So what? 30 years ago or whatever. Was he died in 2005? I don't remember when he died, but some, something, I think it was like, like early 2000. Yeah. So like, that's like, okay. So what is, what do you do with that? Like, how do you feel about that? I mean, it doesn't, it doesn't surprise me. Right. Like that story would not surprise me. If it was told in 2003, it wouldn't surprise me if it was told in 2013. 2020. Like, <laughs> like you, you get those guys. You get those old, crusty cunts that will be like, uh, that, that can't see the forest through the trees, right? Like, it's just like, dude, what are you doing? Like, we're, we're playing music here. And how, how stodgy do you have to be to have that kind of a performance not, like, stir something in you, you know? Mm-hmm. I mean, we just talked about like live music is live music. Like, fucking, I like to sit, I would sit on my porch and listen to the mariachi bands. Like, I'm not blasting that shit on my Spotify playlist, right? But I'm like, oh shit, like, sweet, cool tune. I don't understand it. I, I catch every fifth word. Um, that's my Spanish level of education. You don't have to, though. You don't have to you understand have the to, words to get 
to well, feel. I mean, yeah, and like it, it's it just surprises me that you would have someone who is so established in piping uh, as Seamus and be like, oh well, nah, that was all shit. Like fuck you. It's like really. <laughs> what, what's so fascinating is that he said this was shit, and then both of these guys are. <sighs> Piping legends at this point. Well, let me put it's, it this way. I knew both of their names. I did not know who fucking... Seamus McNeil was. Seamus McNeil was. Exactly. How fucking fascinating <laughs> like is I said, that? Like I said, I was three years old when this happened. I wouldn't start piping again. I wouldn't start piping for another 10 years from when this happened. And I know both those guys. I don't know who the fuck Seamus McNeil is. I, I can't say that I've ever heard Seamus McNeil play. Maybe somewhere on a recording. But I only know his name because I've seen it written in the green book. But this is also one of those things. And other and you know other shows have gotten into this. Um, we've talked about it before. Like how how many people in the piping community are considered like tastemakers, right? Mm-hmm. That haven't picked up a fucking instrument in twenty years. Like, especially when you get to UK shit and the worlds. Mm-hmm. Like, could you imagine, <laughs> could you, ma- let's, could you imagine a chef? Let's, let's do an analogy. And here's a chef who, um, is a food critic. Now he's telling you that you're shit, but he hasn't cooked a meal in 20 years. You'd be like, fuck you. You don't know shit about shit. Like, right. all right, here, like that. That's what I would want to do. I'd be like, all right, here's my pipes. Fucking. Show yeah, me something. Show me, yeah. Show me something good. That's, I fucking dare big, you. That's a big <laughs> argument with critics, though, in general, right? It's like, it's like, show me, show me that you know what the fuck you're talking about, Mister. I played in the grade one band in 1955. <laughs> right. Like, you ever watch that show Hot Ones on YouTube? Oh, I love that fucking yeah. show. Where like, I wish we had thought of that first. Celebrities eat hot wings, essentially. Yeah. I was watching one with Gordon Ramsay recently, <laughs> and he talks about that, like. Cause the guy asked him something about his critics and the crit like, here's some interesting reviews of things you've said or, or think of your meals. And a critic would be super. He's like, tell me the last time that guy sat in a fucking kitchen and was, yeah. when was his last 18 hour fucking kitchen shit? When you were getting hammered with shit and you're, you're like, who the fuck is this guy? Like, fuck this. You know, like it was, it was great. And it's the same thing. It's like the judges at the, and some of them probably have like, there's the Terry Lee's of the world and Rob Matheson's who absolutely have the credentials to pull it off. And then there's all these other guys who I don't know that have they ever played at that level? When was the last time they played at that level? 30 years ago? I don't know. Well, yeah, that's the thing. There's a lot of guys where if you, I mean, I think they're the minority, but there's guys where if you were like, Hey, really? You gonna tell me I suck? Fucking show me something good. They would like, you do that to Rob Matheson. He's going oh, he's he's to show you what. He's going uh, to drive your ass to school in the short bus. <laughs> yes, <laughs> like, he is. Absolutely correct. He's still, like he's, that guy can still play to that like level. He, he's no going to drive your ass to school. Yeah. But like a lot of these other motherfuckers, I'd be like, dude, fucking, what do you got? I don't know. I don't know what they got. Yeah, like. I don't know. How long have you been, how long have you been riding the laurels of when you didn't suck? But do we care in the end? Like, like I used to, I used to not suck a guitar. I suck right now. Like I wouldn't, I wouldn't be like, Oh, let me bust this solo out for you and show you that I still have my shit. Like, no dude, yeah. I, it would sound like a cat fucking a keyboard. Right. But at the, like when you think of the worlds, like why do people care? Because it's the worlds. Like, well, you gotta, so maybe they people? get a thousand pounds. Maybe if they're the grade one winner, maybe, I don't know what the, it's very little. It depends like, on why are you trying so hard? When you say, why do people care? It's going to be different at each tier, right? Like, sure. why do why do band why do uh, band leaders care? Because it's a proof of concept that what they are doing musically is exceptional. Sure. Why sure. do band members care? 
because they get to go play a good tune and fucking get drunk with their friends. And bang tenor drummers at the university at, hotel thing. Yeah, I've been there, done that. <laughs> why do why do officials care? Because it makes them feel like they're still important, despite not contributing anything to the scene. Why do the why does Glasgow care? Because it's money. Why do the attendees care? Because it's uh, fucking something you can do with your kids on a Saturday. That's true, and and it's fun. I mean, it's fun. We've been there. It's oh, it's I had, fun, I, dude. I had a fucking it's great blast. fun. <laughs> yeah, like, I can't wait to go. But what 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 do you attend, think? But... What do you think made it fun? Like we played. Okay, that was stressful, but. Other than the that. people, though, uh, well, the, pe- it's the, the people It's going hanging out with your friends yeah, the people or the people in other bands and all that. Yeah. Like for us, the people that made it fun were the other bands. We got to hang out with our friends and fucking play tunes and drink beers. We got to run it. We ran into so many people that we knew. And I think over there, they run into everybody that they know. Like, yeah. I mean, well, think we about, ran think into about handsome many... Tony. We ran into Chris Brennan from California. We ran into the what's her name from New York. Uh, Susie. Susie from yeah. New York. Uh, and then so many pipe band people that we knew like Mickey which I don't remember but we ran into him at the well, you remember but I don't I remember Mickey <laughs> at the uh, whatever the Todd bar whatever I, I remember I remember Mickey and his and his uh, <laughs> lovely companion Shelly yeah I mean there's so many but they that's like them times 10 100 well, I mean think about I mean yeah so so think about all the people we ran into and what a great crack it was for us mm-hmm. now imagine if you had been growing up in that scene the entire time of your piping career you'd know every person in every fucking right. band They're, everyone's only a half hour away <laughs> or a two hour boat ride but depending like, where you're from but yeah like yeah I mean could you imagine if Scotland was a two hour boat ride away for your 15 years of piping that'd be outstanding it'd be insane right mm-hmm. like I mean and it's even crazier for us to go 3,000 fucking miles and there's shit there like right people we know yeah so i think that's what it is right like what it is is for for all the people who are actually fucking to save the species and like doing shit it's i get to see my friends i get to play a good tune i get to hang out and have a good time right and maybe i win something i think for a lot of the people who are like old crusty judges it's just like i'm still important just because i can't get my dick hard doesn't mean i can't fuck with someone's day like <laughs> uh, that but like in a scottish accent someone right. else do it I don't, I don't know. <laughs> hey somebody actually judges best looking band still <laughs> which we won once <laughs> uh de- well it was deportment right deportment yeah, best looking essentially <laughs> best uniform yeah i would say i think most consistent uniform and marching would be how i would describe right. deportment, not best looking, right? <laughs> well well, they had us, so that helped. That's true. Yeah, we have we have had an upbringing of focus on exercise and dental care. So definitely, <laughs> you and I offset the rocket and fucking uh, <laughs> definitely. I mean, we're no we're no handsome Tony, but <laughs> no, that band won grade one best looking that day for sure. <laughs> we definitely uh, offset some of the like <laughs> medians for <laughs> looks of men in pipe bands. Uh, the booby prize, yes, exactly, Hoinicky. Uh We won the booby prize once, as did... uh the only fucking thing we won. It's the only thing we ever won. But I'm okay with that. Listen, models, uh, hot chicks on Instagram all over the world are winning life because they're the best looking. I'm okay with that. I'll be the best looking pipe the only, the only reason I am like changed my career focus to potentially save people from certain death, either via medical situations or a burning building, is to build up enough karma to come back as an Instagram model. <laughs> is so a male I can, Instagram model a thing? Or are you going to be a female oh, Instagram model? No, fuck, dude. Male Instagram model is not going to get me shit. I want to go to Dubai. I'm going to need tits. <laughs> like, <laughs> no, 
if, I, if I don't have tits and a tan, there's no way that I'm going to live the lifestyle to which I would mm. like to become accustomed. Definitely not. Either an MMA fighter or a tits and a tan. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That'll get you to Dubai. <laughs> I want, I want, I want, uh, I want BJ double BJs in Dubai. Thank you very much. Which means I need to get reincarnated as someone, you know. And then, and then my third round of reincarnation, I'll be like a fucking rock or Andy's anal plug or something. Who knows? You don't want that. <laughs> the rock it'll, it'll be, it'll, it'll be just like the, uh, it just, just like the scene in Interstellar before they go into the black hole. <laughs> <laughs> Things will fade. Things will phase out of existence. I'll see myself from the future. And just like reach out. Like, Help me. <laughs> Morse code on the fucking bookshelf. <laughs> so should we call this thing? I got a fucking piss. So uh, yeah, no, I think so. Uh, let's get into some final thoughts. Fusco. Uh, our main topic obviously was, is competition piping death to creative music? Uh, it's a broad brush. Obviously some of the stories in this art, and I'd highly recommend y'all read the article. We'll share it in the link or something. Yeah. Since I was a kid playing heavy metal music as a teenager, I remember we had this. We had many discussions as a band about this, where three of the four of us very much were appreciative of amazing technical skill because it allowed you to do so much. Where the fourth guy was like, yeah, man, grunge is great. I'll just fucking hammer at my instrument and not be that good at it. Like, we, I've had that discussion for 100 years. Like... I think you have to maintain some sort of level of technicality to actually be able to play good music, but it it's not like a be all end all. And I don't think we should um, like com- competition should not be the be all end all in the end, or or at least not the technical side that like MSR is God concept. Yeah, because MSR suck. Um, it's not fun, and also <laughs> it's, not, it's not fun to listen to or to play. And also, I think that. <laughs> It, I think that the climate, the more traditional climate, assumes that both things aren't valid. One one will be and one won't be, right? And it's yeah. like, no, nah, dude, like they they can coexist. Like it's the same fucking people playing awesome trad shit that if you put them in a grade two contest, they would win. Mm-hmm. So don't be a stodgy old cunt about it, and just appreciate that it's two different bottles you're drinking from. Yeah, I think that's key is expectations, which is life, right? Expectations yeah. are everything. So, <clears throat> so my my last question um, would be: so we talked about like these tastemakers of the 1900s, right? And people that because they were supposedly the best, they defined what was considered to be the best for a very long time, even well after they were actively participating in it and contributing to it. It's 2021. We're in the early portion of the 2000s, I would say, since we still got 880 years to go. <laughs> uh, so I would be interested to know, who do you think right now are the people who are tastemakers and like the best of the best in piping that 20 years from now won't touch an instrument and will still bitch about everyone doing it wrong and then 100 years from now will be completely forgotten? Write to chainrant at gmail.com. Oh, you don't know? <laughs> I don't know. Tell us what you think. I mean, I, I'd be, I would be thinking about people like uh, Lincoln Hilton's. I'd be thinking about, um, I mean, honestly, I think people like Fred Morrison are still going to make a mark on this decade. 
I would say like Stuart Little's are making a mark. Richard Parks's are making a mark, even though they're old as fuck. Um, but they're still creative. But they're, the they're age, still doing stuff. You age know? Is like not that's the a thing. thing. Is like I think it's just. I mean, Robert Watts. I think in the solo scene, like those like, those types of people. Yeah, yeah, I think those types of people are going to be the ones that like thirty years from now are judging. And we're like, when was the last time you played, bro? Or maybe like forty for some. I of don't them. think so. <laughs> no. Like Robert will always oh. play. Stuart will always play. Lincoln Hilton's gonna always play. Like I don't see him like giving it up and being like I'm gonna be a stodgy old guy. That he's so progressive that I don't. He's it's not in his nature. I think, I think his opinion. Happens. I think his opinion will shape what we see. Lincoln Hilton is like the AOC of bagpiping. Yeah. <laughs> except except like way more talented. <laughs> well, like, yeah, but don't get me wrong. Don't get me wrong. I'm I'm a fan. I'm, it's unpopular opinion, but I'm a fan of AOC. But uh, but like, well, she's got great tits. But but yeah. uh, but like Lincoln Hilton, I think is gonna be just. He's so far. He's like I would say he's more like the Elon Musk of backpiping. Yeah, he's, he's so better. far fucking ahead of everybody else right now. Yeah, that's probably a better <laughs> analogy. Like he's so far ahead of everybody else that like we're we're gonna be playing catch up for a while. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe he was touched by the hand of God. Maybe. Or the, he was... He was <laughs> or touched by a priest. Or I don't finger, know which. Or fingered by the hand of Satan. <laughs> one or the other. Either way, he's got, he made him a deal with the devil, and he's outstanding. But yeah, I would just say, uh, for my closing thoughts, that uh, there, there's... It's so weird when it comes to like right or wrong ways to do it, right? The way that I frame it, and I can only, I can only claim to have some kind of control over the way I frame it for myself, which is uh, serious piping is good tone and technical accuracy. And then that opens up a world of musical creativity that you can do whatever the fuck you want to with. Right. But it's not musical creativity if you can't fucking play a D grace note. That's true too. So still got to do that. Yeah. So I think that you, I think you nailed it when it's like, once you have those tools in your toolbox and a little bit of music theory and a little bit of experience, it's like, okay, cool. Like the world's your oyster. Fucking do whatever you want. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But playing the rakes of Mallow at fucking 150 beats per minute. That is not the answer. That is not the answer. <laughs> and uh, with that, I will thank everyone who tuned in for this episode of the chain ramp podcast. Uh, we will catch you all next week with MLK. And uh, I'm going to go ahead and play us out.